Hello and welcome to Tokyo Inklings. My name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob. I'm a food fan on Instagram and on Twitter, and can't remember what else. And this is episode 75. Hello, Jacob. You just came back from a from a trip, and I just came back from a trip. So you know, how was how was your how are your travels? Yeah, it occurred to me that I hadn't even left like Tokyo, like the metropolitan area, for or since the pandemic started. Like I've been like the, the furthest away from home I've been has been Yokohama, right? That's so I hadn't been traveling much. Uh, um, but yeah, I went, went back home to Scandinavia, which, which was nice, except for the actual flight, because you normally, normally when you fly from Japan to Scandinavia, like the flight path is a little bit over like northeast China, but then almost all of it is over Russia, right? You're flying like a good like eight hours over Russia, but for obvious reasons, you got to avoid Russian airspace now. So... The way you have to fly is from Japan, like basically straight up, avoiding Russia all the way up to Alaska. And then once you get and get close to Alaska, you turn and fly over the Arctic, over the North, North Pole, and, and you touch Greenland, and then you go down to like Scandinavia. So that's a good 14 hours and <laughs> pretty exhausting. Yeah, that's like, that's a... That's a real trip out there. And it's also one of the reasons why I'm trying to avoid going to Europe. I would really like to do a European show um, sometime soon. Probably not this year, though, for, you know, that's one of the very reasons. It's like 20 hours now to get to Europe. Um, and then the other reason being that most of the European shows are one-day shows. But, um, you know, going back must have been must have felt good i mean it's it's the real winter there right yes it's real winter and uh, it's a bit of an as you know a bit of an energy crisis going on uh, so people are not uh, turning up the heat as much as they did in in the past it's uh, twice as cold uh, yep. for that reason but yeah it's also nice to be back and stocking up on salted licorice and uh, nordic keyboards that's usually what i have to bring back to japan a Nordic keyboards, like you know, computer keyboards. Yeah, so 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 there's this special layout called ISO Nordic, uh, and I, I, my my brain is hardwired. I I cannot use any other keyboard, so I have like a half dozen of them, but I I use them up, so I need to stock up every few years. Yeah, um, when I worked in the office, I also um, used to bring my own keyboard in, and then I would make the IT guys change the the um keyboard layout for me on my laptop because that's like uh you know so, um sometimes on the work pcs that's that's a hard-coded thing like you can't change it without administrator uh, authority so usually my first few days at a new job would be you know back and forth fighting with the it guys because they'd be like oh i don't know how to do it because nobody else you know ever has done it before or, or asked to do it and then I have my um my keyboard, and of course, uh, I go for the most annoying, clickiest ones. <laughs> so um, yeah, in, in the office, all you hear is me going click 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 on my on my mechanical keyboard. Yeah, I'm at work. That's fine because it's kind of noisy in general. I find that yep. 
uh, clicky keyboards like uh, uh, blue keys are a bit controversial at home like I have like my favorite keyboards <laughs> are the, the blue switches I am not allowed to use them at home <laughs> yeah the um the the boss the HR won't let you exactly it's, it's strict the rules at home <laughs> yep yeah that that's just the way it goes right yeah um for me i also came back from uh from a different show but i flew the other way jacob i went to the um california pen show and this time uh that was in la uh it used to be called the los angeles pen show uh, which was a very vintage show um but now it's rebranded or, or not rebranded but it's, it's actually run by different people uh under the new name california pen show just to make sure I understand. So is this really like a continuation of that show? I mean, is that old show no more and this is just a new name? Or is it possible that in the future you will have both of these shows? Yeah, so so the Los Angeles Pen Show um, is owned, I mean, the name is owned by somebody else. So ostensibly, uh, there may be a future iteration. This year they were not um, on uh, because I think they also felt burned. But um but it is possible that they might run a show out of spite uh or i guess i guess the california pen show was was born like that uh in in a sense as well to to accommodate for what was really lacking at the previous los angeles pen show um but this time it's it's run by uh frank from narwhal and also from um uh i think mario i'm not sure where he's really from but uh i have to say this is a pretty well-run show um no complaints except for the first day but it was uh it was it was a good time and i want to talk about this because originally i wasn't planning on going to the show but um but uh style art asked me hey are you going to the you know the new los angeles pen show and um and they they said they were thinking of going i said no you know i, I don't know about that it's you know, U.S. show. Um, you know, I've heard bad things about the the older L.A. pen show. Um, but then when I was in Texas last November, you know, just out of curiosity, I, I looked up the flights, and they were very cheap, Jacob. They were about five hundred dollars per person to go out there. And so, well, you know, if it's five hundred dollars, I have to go. Right. It's, it would almost be a crime not to go. And um and so I did, uh, and who did I see there? But um our good friend Inky Rocks. Ah uh, uh, yeah 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 she went yeah. there. I heard it yeah. Yeah we we we, we had a nice uh, Greek place um, uh, Aliki's thanks to thanks to some Panatic Slack suggestions, um and this time I also brought my uh, nib working apprentice uh, out there Taku, mm. and um. It was a good time. It was a good time. Definitely a lot of learning. Definitely not the same as as the other shows. You know, each show has their own little personality, uh, I suppose. But it w it was good. It was good. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to going back. Um, but one thing I noticed is that there isn't really a lot of um representation. Let's say of these japanese brands or japanese products um and because the previous la pen show was so vintage focused there there were a lot of vintage tables um at this show 
and a lot of the crowd, I think, were segmented into either the, um, you know, really, really knowledgeable vintage guys who don't really care too much about um, about modern pens, which which I think is totally fine and totally fair. And then you have the the people who are, you know, kind of new to the fountain pen community. Maybe they've just gotten their first or second um, gold nib pen. And so a lot of these, um, a lot of the crowd, they would stop by um, the table because, you know, I was a, one of the only tables selling really a lot of Japanese stuff. And unlike what I would say is the the San Francisco pen show, a lot of people would stop by and they'd be like, wow, uh, you know, these pens are very pretty. Um, they're, you know, shiny. Uh, look, I, I didn't even know that Sailor made this purple uh, pro gear. How much is it? And, you know, you tell them the price and then they'd be like, oh, wow, that's so expensive. That's like, you know, way beyond what I would ever purchase um, without realizing, you know, that what they're looking at is like a shishikura pen and you know what that means um so i think the market there will mature um as the modern crowd matures uh, over there but it, it's really interesting and you know you know no 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 shade to them i think it's really interesting how uh different communities are are different at different stages of their maturity and, and also how they mature in different ways how they mature in different ways but so I remember last year when you went to both that DC pen show and the yeah. San Francisco pen show, you described the DC pen show to be very uh, like uh, European focused as well as vintage focused. And, and although a lot of people came to your table, they didn't really understand what you were selling and, and they didn't necessarily see the value in, as you said, like Shishikura pens because they didn't know what it was. While it, when you went to... Uh, the San Francisco, everyone knew what it was because that that's sort of that's the market, at least in the US, for those kinds of pens. And, and it, it's not. I mean, you can't really say that DC hasn't like matured. It's just that it has matured in a different way, right? So would it be would it be correct to say that this LA, this California pen show, in its current form, is more similar to the DC pen show? Um, in a way, yeah. And and we did have a lot of European vendors as well. Um, but I think DC is is a little bit different because it's um, DC is about double the size in terms of vendors uh, versus the New California Pen Show, and um, the West Coast and the East Coast are very different because the East Coast has um, really small states, and so you have uh, larger pockets of smaller communities. So, um, for example, the DC Metro Crew they are super on top of the the you know japanese scene and then you have you know people flying in from baltimore or uh or new york or you know wherever mm. and each of those little communities will have a different level of expectation or a different level of, of understanding of what they want to see at the show and uh, i think the california pen show um, it's interesting because you have the the general um, Greater Los Angeles Pen um, Club, I suppose, uh, Glampig, and um, and then you have the 
you know, just people who live in California. And and California is is a very large state. And the West uh, West Coast is generally more spread out, um, even in terms of population. Uh, you know, we say Los Angeles was Los Angeles is actually huge. So it's you know, these people, a lot of these people have never met each other before. They they I would say are not as uh close as a community. Um in in Southern California. Uh whereas I think um Northern California where San Francisco is Bay Area, uh they've got like more of a you know, mature group that they meet every week or every two weeks um going on. I think the crowd that we got this time, uh we had a lot of people from the local area, not too many people um, flew in specifically for the show. So um, the the hotel was actually an airport hotel, which was fantastic for us because we had free shuttles. But a lot of the locals were complaining that, um, you know, parking costs $50, which, yeah, is, is ridiculous. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I think the way that the the crowd organizes itself is also very different. Um, so while there are, I think there are some similarities between both DC and um, SF, uh, but I think um, I think the crowd, it might not be the crowd, it might be the layout. The mm. layout of the show um, meant that you had wider walkways and it made it much more pleasant to be at, at the California Pen Show, to be honest. Right. Yeah. Um, but speaking of DC, I, I did look up flights um, just to see whether going would be a possibility. Um, the organizer sent uh, me an email, you know, saying, you know, we knew that you were really busy. You know, would you like to come back? But let, let's talk about these flight tickets, Jacob, because flying back to to Europe it must have been pretty expensive too, right? I mean, going to DC this year would be would cost me double of last year and be about yeah. three thousand dollars a person. Yeah, I mean, up until now, I have never been particularly motivated to learn about this whole thing about like flight miles and optimizing my, my points because I've just haven't been flying enough to do that. But now the prices are so high that I'm starting to think that I need to get one of those like Japan Airlines mileage cards and, and try to optimize it so that they can get a more reasonable price next time. It's really expensive. Yeah, and it's, I mean, things are getting wild i i do hope that they'll die down and you know um i know that a lot of people in japan have expressed to me that they they want to you know get out to shows and particularly the san francisco pen show so for example somebody like hiroko she's we've got a lot of customers there um we always talk about it and um and it's a known quantity there are more japanese vendors there for example mm. Um, so for her, it's like the show to be at, um, speaking of then, you know, going back to the maturity of the, the market, it's, I think it's also very important what kinds of vendors show up. If you have Japanese vendors show up to the San Francisco pension, I'm sure, you know, shops like Bunga Box, right? Like their first year is probably not as successful as the year that just passed, you know, their most recent year. So every time you go back to a show, um, you, you develop more of a connection with the community and the community also learns more about your products. Yeah, that's probably true. By the way, it's still a mystery to me how uh, um, Toyoko Kraft managed to bring all of those trays and chests over to San Francisco last time. 
I, I asked him about that, and he said that he actually shipped most of them um, to to a friend uh, prior to the show, and then he filled his suitcase with uh, with the smaller trays. Um, and he said still that wasn't enough. He said he brought three times as much as he did in 2019, last year, and it still sold out within the first you know morning, right? So yeah. Yeah, I think I think that that's uh, the Brad Dowdy effect. Apparently, he bought one of those Toyota trays and talked about it on like some stream or something, and then yeah. it exploded in popularity after that. Yeah, I mean, last time he said he also sold out in a day, but this time, obviously, bring three times more. He thought he would be able to last three days more, right? But not to be the case. Not to be the case. All right, let's uh, move on to some uh, news topics. So we have. Uh, we've been asking, you know, what will Platinum do now that the Shunkei series is over? Uh, we see, obviously, um, Sailor is continuing their, you know, bi-weekly releases. Uh, I do feel a little bit of Sailor burnout, um, but I think those special releases are important to keep, you know, your fan base happy and, and to keep things interesting. Pilot has gone down the route of um, bringing back these swirly marble-esque um, materials in the SE. Uh, but Platinum has been slowing down for a while uh, after their Shinkei series. The last two of their Shinkei series, I would say, are not the most successful. Uh, the Kinshu is still in many, many stores. Um, the Xiyun was not sold out for, for a long time. Um, so the Shinkei series off the coattails of the Nokka and, and the Kumpu. Yeah, those two were the biggest hits, right? There. And you still, to today, you find you find this Kumpu on like America for like 80,000 yen. That seems to be the, the biggest hit of them all. Yep. And um, and so we, we were wondering, you know, what's, what's Platinum going to do to to kind of spice up their their offerings and last year they came out with this shape of heart which i believe was rose gold trim with um with these little like things inside the finial uh, that are i believe supposed to rep represent diamonds and then inside is hidden uh two little hearts and the hearts were are the hearts that they cut out from the nib because the breather hole is is still a heart, right? So it looks like their answer is to continue this. Uh, I thought it was like a one-off, but they've now um, released, or they, they showed this this pen. Uh, they unveiled it in Germany at some writing conference or, you know, like a stationary conference um, exhibition. The shape of heart ivory. So it's like a white bodied version of that what do you think i think there are a few interesting things there first of all i think ivory uh it's a good choice it but i'm wondering if the if the success of the most recent wagner pen has anything to do with this or if that's just a coincidence um that's my first thought my second uh, observation is that they are 
I'm not sure if this is meant to be sort of marketing or if they're being sort of honest about it, but they, they are apologizing that they can't make many of these because they're difficult to make. That's like the third, uh, third line in the Instagram post. The third thing that I've always find so strange about this post from Platinum's official account is that they are saying you you, sh- you can go and buy this on Penstars, which is it's like this small stores.jp store, which is sort of like a Shopify kind of like small store, uh, which is definitely not on the same scale as, you know, Marzen or Itoyo or one of the big retailers. It always misses me why they promote these Penstars over the, you know, the, the big box retailers. Yeah. <laughs> The Penn Stars, uh, as you said, like they have a good social team in China, right? But the, the Penn Stars, it's yeah, they're they're not what I would call um, social media rock stars, um, and neither do they really. I I don't think there's even a lot of communication with within um, them. Uh, obviously, they're 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 a small company. They're the smallest of the three major um, pen manufacturers. We said before they're a private company, which I think is still very very impressive. Um, but you know, they had a team that went to Germany and unveiled these products to you know ostensibly the public. There was no communication about that release. You know, there was no hype about that. And then when I walked into the store in Marzen, and I said. Oh yeah, I, I I saw that um the next version is gonna be white, and the the sales lady for for platinum the one that's you know uh, seconded from platinum she's like oh, wait how did you know about that I was like oh well it's on social media right so um that's so platinum <laughs> yeah so it, it's it's really interesting you know the way that there seems to be no real communication. Um, about that about the pen itself um yeah I, I think the white will appeal but I, I i i don't think that this can be you know platinum's answer to the market um i think it's it's still it's cool but for how long can you can you do the the shape of heart i mean you can do them in all of the different colors um are you going to stop experimenting with shapes and with designs? Uh, I think this this is an intermediary um, step between the Shinke and their maybe a new series. Shinke I think worked really well because there was such a you know storytelling aspect to it as well, and people you know wanted to collect the series. Um, whereas I feel like the the Shape of Heart, it's really like. A very specific um, time, and not only that, we talked about this last year, but they they missed the timing to release this pen again. Yeah, that's true. That that was a bit of a bummer. <laughs> like they they needed to announce this pen in January so they could sell in February, or, or or Christmas, right? I mean, I think this is a great Christmas pen. If you if you release this in November, you know, people would be buying this up. But March, uh, I I don't know. I, I just feel like it's 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 such a waste of of that potential, and um, I feel really sad about that. So, 
you know, hopefully we'll see uh, uh, something really, really new next year for the 3776, or maybe even this year in the summer. But um, but I think we're still waiting for that answer. Yeah, and we're also waiting for them to roll out the, the new nib on more models. We were told that this is going to be the year when they roll out the new nib, and yeah, that hasn't happened yet. We, we know that um, Morizan has, has several uh, platinum pens planned this year, so we'll see if any of those have the new nib. But yeah, this pen is a bit of, bit of a sort of safe bit, bit conservative, but I, I, I do think it looks, it's more appealing than the previous Shape of Heart. Yeah, and I would buy this pen over the, the Kinshu, for example, but I, I think it's, it's a nice pen with a boring story. I think that's true. Yeah, you're right about that. That for each of the Shunke pens, there was a little bit like, what, what, what does this represent? Right, this is like the moonlight, or yeah. you know, Fuji or something like that. Yeah, and, and you got like this little um, card with it. You know, you got an explanation. And they used to do other things as well. They they did the the lakes, the Great Lakes. That was pretty popular as well. So, you know, I do wish they brought that back. The second thing that they're doing is this Matt Curidas. What do you think about the Curidas? Well, so the mystery here to me is that uh, I saw this originally on uh, your favorite blog. I haven't seen it anywhere else. I, I, and I've been using like Google image search. I took that photo, I put it in Google image search and the only thing I find are these insulin pens. <laughs> <laughs> that's the closest match that Google can find on all the, the, the whole internet for these photos. I have not seen these Matt Curidas photos anywhere else. Yeah, so so these are a curiosity because, uh, and maybe we should ask the Marazen people today because they, they might have some insight for us, but um, we were just speaking about how they seem to have abandoned the Curidas project. But then... Um, yeah, you, yeah, you posted the the image in your stationary group with this matte black, blue, and they say it's red, but it's really kind of like a pinkish shade, right? Magenta pinkish shade. It looks pretty legit, right? It's got numbers. It 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 it, it is a cured ass, um, and. I wouldn't be surprised if you go to like Chinese social media and like Weibo or whatever, you're going to find all the information you need about this. But if, it, if it were to leak somewhere, that may be it. Yeah, that, that's where it would, it would get leaked, right? But, you know, while we were talking about how, you know, the Curidas wasn't the most successful model for them, it doesn't look like they've actually improved the the Curidas itself like it doesn't look like this has any improvements over the the original model yeah that i mean that's what we want to try to find out yeah i mean superficially it, it looks the same except for you know it being matte but it will be interesting to, to hear if they have done anything to you know to, to the feed in, in particular and there was some problems with drying out as well i believe uh, so if they have addressed the the, the the quality issues then that would be very interesting but yeah the people who would find the, the cure just uncomfortable to hold because of that so protrusion on, on the underside they probably won't like the new model either but it would be very interesting to hear what has changed so i mean because we said that the cure is sort of 70 percent there if they bring it up to like 90% that would be good. 
Yeah, and and the the knock is still as long as ever. <laughs> um, and I think it's just a little bit for for it's it's like longer than a than a one four nine. No, it, I mean the the entire pen when it's un unclicked. So we'll we'll see if this is just a rumor or a reality. But if it is a reality, um, I'm interested to see if any improvements have been made or they're just releasing them in different colors and different materials. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the the Kurdas and the Vanishing Point have a new challenger, right? A new challenger approaches, um, which is this made by Endless Creator Pen. Yeah, I saw that. It's been a lot of hype. Yeah. So I think a few weeks ago, they released on their Instagram this like teaser video of uh, of a new and cheap uh, click or knock fountain pen and it it looks interesting it looks a little bit you know uh i mean you know i feel like the what you pay is is the quality that you get on this pen um i haven't seen it in person but from, from pictures that's what it looks like but i'm curious how their mechanism uh differs from from the others that are out there right now so you have the pilot version which moonman has also copied and then you have uh, you have the Kyrdas, you have the um, Lamy ones, which are twist, uh, and I think um, Stipula also did did a twist one there. You also have, uh, and this is I think a bit hilarious. You have some Chinese clones of the Kyrdas that, that cost a fraction of what a Kyrdas cost, and apparently, based on uh, reviews I've seen works more reliably <laughs> works better than Kyrgyz. yeah well you know what i'm not surprised about that i'm not surprised about that um but i think yeah it'll be interesting to see um where this leads and um maybe it's just me i'm not really a click fountain pen person but we'll see if there's any evolution in the market segment as well um, or if it's going to remain in that kind of sub 150 to 200 uh, dollar mark. Uh, because I think as you go up into the into the higher range, people want to have something more substantial. Um, they want to have a bigger nib, for example. You know, is it possible to, to get a huge nib in a retractable fountain pen? Yeah, yeah, I don't think that that's necessarily something people want. I mean, people are paying a lot for some of the fancier uh, capless limited editions. So I, I think that, that that could work. Um, but yeah, you want something with a bit more quality feel to it. Maybe, I mean, maybe they have a winner here. Looking at this uh, endless pen, they want, I mean, I, I think it looks stylish. The one thing that worries me a bit is that step down. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll we'll see. I maybe we'll be able to get one uh, one day. But uh, but we'll see. We'll see about it. All right. Next topic. Um, we have some sailor news. Uh, sailor, um, they have started to to market these profit juniors so that's um I, I forget what it's called in the west but it's it's the steel nib kind of a flat nibbed um sailor that 
you can customize at Ancora, right? Yeah, exactly. I think it's called like Compass or something like that in, in the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sailor Compass, yeah. Yeah, so so, so this so they have been kind of experimenting uh, with this model a bit recently. So you remember like last year or maybe the year before they released that set with a Prophet Junior and three uh, Studio 123 inks. It's just that the, the pen itself was pretty basic and the and the inks were just like red green and blue pretty much like that they they was a lost opportunity there to, to pick three interesting um ink studio colors um and then they and then also there was like a fine nib or something like that which while it may be great for daily writing it may not be the best nib to explore and have fun with uh, with ink if, if that's what you want to do so what they're doing here with this, this new release is that first of all uh, they made a pen look more interesting. It's like some pearlescent, almost looks like those Kaweco uh, sports, you know, the, the pearlescent one. So it looks very good. And then they put a footer nib on it, uh, which of course is great for playing with ink. And, you know, Sailor has had this footer nib for a while now, but but the pens they've had in them, uh, had, the, the pens with this footer nib have been really boring. There was this, this black Prophet Junior, and then it was a really weird, like lo- long, slender long pen like neither of us was particularly appealing like wait 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 i have something to say about that long pen though right because the the fude nib was i believe invented by ishmarsan right and the sailor fude nibs just they they were just just targeted to customers that look like ishmarsan yeah, that, that may be it. It doesn't look particularly appealing. I think we can agree on that. So what they've done here is that they're taking a Prophet Junior, they have spiced up the actual pen with this like pearlescent uh, barrel, and then they put a footer nib on it. And on top of that, they have taken, uh, they have made a set with a Yurameku ink. So one of those uh, um, uh, chroma shading inks. And, I, and it's, it's quite affordable. And I think this is exactly exactly what sailors should be doing i mean this is the gateway drug to like the the ink world and this is perfect yeah i think the um the way that they did did it is quite smart i think this will reach um exactly what we talked about in the new year's episode right like the the people who want to play with inks but don't necessarily or, or aren't necessarily married to a fountain pen um culture what do you what do you do to reach out to those people? I mean, sailors not getting into the glass nibs, like game, right? So so they want to to attract new customers and then maybe uh, evolve them, you know, um, or let's say elevate them up the up upstream through their their product lineups until one day maybe they buy a king of pen. But you know how do you how do you build that funnel and I think I think this is a good, you know, first step, baby steps into into creating that funnel, which will undoubtedly be a multi-year um, exercise. Mm. And this is Sailor uh, again. I, well, this is Sailor doing something actually interesting on the low end, which we we talked about how they have had like no no low end offerings, like no affordable pens that have been particularly interesting for a long time. Right, that's been their weakest. Point. but here is you have it's actually a low-end or an affordable pen that you may actually want to buy uh, that you can put in the storage mm. well i i think they, they 
they had some, but they were always limited to events. So I'm talking about the the build your own pen, like they have in Ancora, right? You have to go to the store, but it wasn't easily accessible. As in, you know, you could just click a button and 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 have it pop into your your mailbox. So yeah, I I think this is good. Um, and, and I like what they're doing, but I don't like what they're doing about the Valio. Yeah, you have to explain what what a drama is about there. All right. So uh, last year, I think four or five months ago, we talked about this this new release. They they um, have this pen where you know it's a it's a semi translucent acrylic, um, and they they turn the pen rather than injection mold it. It's like you know back then. It was a combination of uh, Veil and Edo, so like Veilio. And just on the price, I kind of assumed that it was a full-size pen, 58K. So that's more expensive than a Shishikura full-size pen with a, with a um, metal section, mm. right? So I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. You know, it's very expensive. And then on the English language uh, websites and the English language um, stores started to pop up. And it said this pen was, uh, it had the large nib, uh, 21 carat. So most people assumed that it was a full-size pen. Mm. And then I, I I read this drama on, on both Slack and Facebook um, that somebody had bought it. And they said that the moment they held it, they knew it was smaller. And then they made a comparison between um, between the full size and the slim size and the Valio. And it turns out that the Valio has a 21 karat gold nib in the slim size, but the body of the pen is longer than the slim size. Mm. So it's... Uh, it's it's a challenging time, I think, or it's a challenging situation for Sailor because uh, I think on the Japanese websites it said the slim version, but you know when they write this, it's always in the fine print. Yeah, sure, but it's not it's not a standard pro gear model anyway right it is i mean it's a little bit, a little bit like those like nagasawa's like special f- form factors right so, so it's not exactly a pro gear but they have they have they have a standard way of describing the nibs they have this was it chugata uh, ogata right and, and so they use th- those terms on, on a japanese marketing copy on the japanese product page so on the japanese page they made it clear that it was the quote-unquote medium-sized or what we what we call the small hair, twenty-one k nibs, right? Yeah, but I, I still think it's. I mean, that was in the spec sheets, right? Like it wasn't. It wasn't like you know. Be careful! This is the slim size nib, not the not the full size nib. Yeah, but I mean, why why do they need to? put that in, in the header oh they don't they don't need to they don't need to but what i'm saying is that many people will see 21 carat they might not go into the spec sheet and it's easily um as a consumer i think it would be easily uh lost um you might not realize 
and whose whose responsibility is it? It's the consumer's responsibility. However, that doesn't mean that Sailor made it easy for that information, um, or or clear that that information was there, unless you're you know nerds like us. Yeah, but I still think that this is not again. This is not a progair. Uh, a standard program. This is a different thing. So, so I mean, they would have to say this is similar to progress, progress slim, but the actual sh- it's actually slightly longer, right? I think that I think on a Japanese page they have done enough to describe what it is. But as far as I understand, the real problem here is not the marketing copy in Japanese, but rather the English version. And I don't know if that is sailor proper. Or if that is like Itoya that screwed up, but somewhere something was lost in translation there, right? When it went to when the English version of that product page was made. Yeah, and um, from what I understand, Sailor gave the U.S. market the wrong information, and um, before we go on to what I want to say about how they reacted or how they should react. Um, I think that them not making it in a standard pro gear shape, like size, because the shape is a standard pro gear shape. If you look at the pen, it looks like a pro gear, but it's just the cap and the body are slightly longer than the slim and slightly shorter than, than the full size. And I think that's weird. I think that's weird that they made this strange in between size. And the hardware that they use, except for the cap band, is exactly the same as the other ones. But why did they do that? Yeah, I don't know what the reason maybe, but but I don't. I mean, I don't think that there's some kind of devious plan here to like fool the customers by by making something slightly different. There may. Be, I agree. So, yeah, I, agree. So I don't think there's any any problem with that. And Sailor has a history of making all kinds of form factors. Again, I'm going back to this in a Nagasawa pen uh, that, that looks slightly different as well. And all of these pens with, with Urushi that, that they make now. So I don't think that's a problem. And also, I, I wonder how many people actually know or care about the nibs. I can, I can imagine a lot of people buy these and I don't even know what, what we're talking about. Because also, one thing that people don't may, might not realize is that we talk about the sailor's small nibs and sailor's large nibs. And uh, it's not the same thing as like a Jova number five and Jova number six, where the difference is quite stark when you put them side by side. The difference between sailor's so-called small nib and large nib is more subtle than I think most people realize. That they look almost the same side by side. I, I can put a photo in the show notes, but there's not a big difference. No, it, it's definitely hard to see. Um, in pictures if you see it in real life it, it's more of a, a difference but I, I think going back to when plus uh, invested in sailor and remember they had the you know the lineup um, cleanup one of the reasons why they discontinued many of the pens like the promenade and the, the whatever's the, the sigmas was because they had too many uh, pens that were essentially the same pen but just slightly sp- like different specs yeah, and I feel like adding this middle size, it's kind of going back to the days of Sailor, where they were, you know, losing money because they were they were doing all sorts of stuff in different non-standard ways. Like you know, it, to me, this is like a new Sigma. 
Yeah, but from from sales perspective, what is new, what is different now is that previously they were probably stretched thin because their manufacturing capability was very limited. One of the stated goals of this new Kure uh, headquarter, new factory that we talked about, is that now now they have much better capability to produce all kinds of models and produce them at a higher volume. Now, from a customer's perspective, that, that doesn't really matter, right? You still have a bewildering number of pens, but, but from a sales perspective, they now have the capability to do this uh, in a way that wouldn't strain them in the same way it did before. I think that's fair, and I think you make a good point. Um, I think what's going to be really interesting is, will they make more pens in the shape or is this going to be a one-off shape to to the Valio? Yeah, I can imagine that this because this is some kind of limited edition, right? Maybe they will do something like this every few years, or maybe every year, or something like that. So, um, anyways, enough about I'm not enough about this this shape thing. Um, if if this were pilot, I think they would have recalled the pen for anybody who wanted a refund. Yeah, it's possible. Well, but also for pilots. And it's just one big uh, organization, and I, I don't think it, well, it's, it's conceivable, but it's less likely that something will get lost in translation like this with you know distributors, different organizations, and so yeah. on. Um, I think the the response to this was they just posted on their Instagram said, "Oops, sorry, we made a mistake." Um, no statement, no press release about this no real accountability to to the i think that's really the the bigger problem when it comes to this uh this misprint i mean for the japanese consumers entirely you know that's up to japan but they gave retailers the wrong information here right they and the retailers purchased their inventory on the assumption that it would be the larger size nib um the the customer who buys the larger size nib is not the same as the customer who buys the smaller size nib and i think it's it's it puts the retailers in a really difficult position where they've you know got this inventory it's it's not a cheap pen right it's it's almost sixty thousand yen and that's you could buy you know three slim size regular pens with that you can you can buy a slim size pen send that to hiroko and have you know just maybe pay like a little bit more for that so i i feel like this puts the retailers puts the customers in a really difficult position um and I, maybe maybe sailors not in a position not in a financial position to do those recalls but um i think the the response from sailor is a little bit lackluster yeah, I agree that if you buy this pen from a retailer and if the retailer's product page says this has a large sailor nib and you receive a pen that does not have a large sailor nib, then you're not getting what you paid for, right? So then, then you should be able to return it to your retailer and, and for sure. Yeah, and, and the retailer should be able to return it to sailor. Yeah, I, I, would, I would hope so, yeah. Yeah, but let's see. Um, obviously, we are not in those conversations we, we we don't own a store to to know what that situation is like but um but maybe we'll we'll get some dms and and hear about it uh. <laughs> i'm sure we will <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Um, uh, maybe moving on a little bit, we've always done these previews of the Marzen Pen Fair or uh, Pen World Pen Fair, I think it's officially called. But that's actually happening today. So in about an hour or so, I'll be seeing you in real life. But um, this year, they they came out with several different models. Um, I really only want to talk about uh, three things. One, there's no um, there's no sailor release, right? It's it's the the lemon from the past. Yeah, it's not clear to me if that is a re-release in the sense that they 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 made more of them, or if this it is not a re-release. I asked. They are emptying up the like, existing inventory. Yeah. And I, I think it's weird then to have it on the, the flyer. But anyways, that that's the, what it is. Um, and then for me, the, the more interesting things are the the um, custom Rushi and the Nakaya. So with the custom Rushi, um, what's interesting about that is that Marazen in the past, they've rotated years or alternated years. Um, you'd had one year with the with the custom Rushi and then the next year with the with the vest type. Well, to be fair, they haven't done this. I mean, it, you made it sound like, like a long tradition. This is, we're only talking about like two, three years here, right? So, so, but it's like six years, right? So they did two vest types. They did the botan, and then they did the the blue, and then they did the green, and then they did the the customer machine green. Yeah. So the first customer issue was the blue one, right? Yeah. So so the so the previous year before that they did the the uh, the botan of the vest and then they did the blue customer rushi and then they did the green um of the vest and then they did the green customer rushi yeah so so it's been going on for 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 a, for a few years but yeah it, it's not like, like a, a long-standing modern tradition yeah sure no, no no it's it's not been going back like 10 years but um in, in the recent years uh that seems to be uh what they had been doing um, and then this year they came out with uh with the customer rushi again which i think surprised a lot of people at least it surprised me because I would expect that they would uh, do a different uh, model. But they did this in candle wax red. And there are, I believe, already two red customer rushis. There's the, the, the red one, and then there's the vermilion from the Tokyo Quill um, shop. No, but that, that's not, uh, that's a uh, custom 845. Oh, that's a custom eight for five. Okay, okay, then that makes more sense. So, so there's the 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 standard model, and then this candle wax red. From the pictures, it looks almost exactly the same as the the standard model. But I'm told that there is going to be a slight difference. It's a strange choice. I, I agree for that reason, but I'm, I'm sure it's already. I'm sure it's already sold out. It is. Yeah, yeah. So, it is. Of course it is. It is. So I, I will, I will do. I happen to have a vermilion or like a red eight four five. Sorry, customer Rushi. Yes, I'll do a side by side comparison photo. Uh, once I have this one. Um, Excellent. But yeah, I, I would have, I would have loved to see it in like purple or whatever. But maybe we will have to wait a few years for that. And uh, I went to, I went to Marzen a few days ago, and they had all of the the show models out. You know, in anticipation for the show. Except the customer Rushi, which is the the only one that I really wanted to see, <laughs> and um, and they said, oh, we can't display it because it's been sold out by pre-orders, and I said, yeah, I pre-ordered it, I <laughs> like 
please just show me what it looks like. Um, but but they were they held strong. Does that mean they don't have any like store? I'm not sure what what a industry term is. No, they have no display. No, have no display model. So you know they they held strong, but in about an hour or so, we'll be able to see what that looks like. Um, the the new ink um, that they have, which I think is a callback to the Kirin. Uh, which dries a different color. I think we talked a little bit about that already. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a, a fun event. Um, it's not really a pen show, but but it'll be a, it'll be a fun event, um, and it'll be good to see everybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's always. I mean, before Tokyo Pen Show, this was sort of the main event uh, of the year, or rather, like there was there was this two weeks where so you had Marazen and then you had uh, the old Miskoshi Fair, right? So, so that that those two weeks were sort of the the peak of the pen year. And then now you have the stationary stars, uh, whatever they're called, terrible name. Um, store that's hosting or it, it's kind of taken the place of that Mitsukoshi Pen Fair but in a different flavor so um, much more Are they doing anything this year? Because last year they, they announced some event like to compete with Marazani as, as they always did in the past, right? Is that the case this year? So I think the dates are, are a little bit different um, but but they are doing something this year uh, they, let's see um it is, uh, I'm just checking the dates here. Um, it's from the 15th to the 4th, so in two weeks. So they, they've moved it out two weeks um, now, so not directly in competition. But what I find really interesting is that um, I think Marazen, they they just have the same people come every year, right? Ohashido, um, you know, some woodturners, Hirai. And that's it. But stationary stars, I think they're they're a little bit more interesting in that sense because they're actually getting um, people who are really uh, I don't want to say like I don't want to say like um, you know uh, hyped up right now, but but they're they're trendy, right? So so you still have these wooden pens. Um, and the first ones they release are these wooden pens. So that they have Toyoka Craft. Um, they have uh, they have Loritz, which I think is, is really interesting. Um, they have some accessory brands, but the ones that I want to talk about is they have um, they have uh, Ken Ken. So they have uh, the um, the uh, Ink Advisor Ken. He's everywhere. He's always at, at any event that has any kind of ink. Uh, theme to it, he's there. But he, they also have Nagahara-san. Mm, that's a good idea. And um, and they have uh, Kyomaru, so they have Drillog. I just think it, it's interesting that um, Nagahara-san is choosing then to go to to Stationary Stars rather than 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 uh, Maruzen, because Maruzen usually they had somebody from from Pilot or or from Platinum. Uh, and it's more, um, it's more like industry, like like really corporate kind of style um, relationship. Whereas Mitsukoshi and Stationary Stars, they they feel like they're more open to you know looking at the community, uh, looking at uh, people who who are popular and in demand, rather than you know focus strictly on that relationship with the with the um, 
with the manufacturer. It's a little bit similar to those Tono and Limbs events where there's a, there's there's certain people that go to all, to all these Tono and Limbs events. So you have Ken Ken again, you have a drill log, you have various ink manufacturers. Um, that that's sort of a different type of of events, uh, but, but but yeah, you have the same ones uh, over and over. But, but there's definitely an audience for that. Yeah, and I mean, apparently that audience is us because we go every year. <laughs> yeah, but um. But I think it's good because in the past, Mitsukoshi and Marzen, they didn't really feel like they had different personalities. Mm. Um, you had, you know, Ebuya going. And that may, may have been also partially why the Mitsukoshi one what did, wasn't really as successful. It was sort of a, another Marzen event one week after Marzen, where everyone had already spent their money. Right? Exactly. But I think um, this is actually good for, for you know, that that very particular scene and it's good that they spaced out this year so that um it would be even better if it was in april yeah so just one criticism of the Marzen's event and this is something alessa has mentioned several times which i think is true is that all of the pens sold at, at these Marzen events they're quite expensive i'm looking at the lineup now and the cheapest one the cheapest one you can get is the Eboya for 52,000 yen. And then it just goes up to hundreds of thousands of yen, which, I mean, that's probably the right for that audience. But if you're just, you know, getting into fountain pens, this is not an event for you. Yeah, yeah. And um, the, the other pen that I said that I wanted to mention is this Nakaya pen in Piccolo, and they have the Marzen Owl mm. as a roll stop. I think that is an adorable pen. Um, and apparently, many people agreed with me, so they are producing more, I think, to be released at the end of the year. This is a bit of a standard formula from, from uh, Naka. I mean, I, I agree, it looks nice, but this whole idea of like a Piccolo and, and different kinds of roll stoppers, they have done this a few times now. Yeah. But I, I think this particular one is a knockout. It's more simple than the ones that they've done before. They've done some like crazy Makia ones for, for Marzen. This one is simple, but the roll stop is is symbolic. It's meaningful. Um, you know, I would love to see a, a Kirin one, for example, to represent the Nihonbashi Kirins. Um, but but the owl is very symbolic to, to Marzen. And... Um, I I like the story behind that pen. I think it's it's really special. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, and I think that's really all that we have for for today. I mean, I'm sure we're gonna have more to say after we we go out um, to the show, but we'll save that yeah. for next time. Uh, and maybe we'll we'll get uh, we'll get the other two on the podcast as well. Sounds good to me. All right. Then, uh, with that being said, thank you everybody who is still listening to us ramble for you know an hour now. Um, I'm sure you're all very, very excited about our discussion about flight prices. Um, but if you made it past that, congratulations. You got rewarded with some Marazen talk. Um, my name is CY. You can find me on my website at tokyostationpens.com, on Instagram and TikTok at tokyostationpens, and on Twitter at tokyostationmnh. And my name is Jacob, and I'm Foodify on Instagram and elsewhere. All right, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.